never know what we're doing. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Atlantic Bushcraft Adventures. Tonight, episode 168, and you can see that Ben is back with us again this week. He was taking care of some personal stuff there for a little while, but you're back on the show, Ben. Glad to have you back. Thank you. Glad to be back. Uh, can't and promise there won't be other interruptions in the next little while, but uh, <laughs> I'll try to keep them to a minimum. That is what it is. Life comes first, friend. Life comes first. So what are we talking about tonight, Ben? So, uh, actually, uh, a friend of mine, a, a fellow viewer, uh, or, uh, reached out and asked me to talk a bit about solo bushcraft, things you can do by, by yourself when you just don't have a partner. Because we really do push, you know, go with a friend, let people know where you're going and stuff. But sometimes, you know, let's face it, it's not always possible, right? Sometimes we need to you know we need that trip just you know me myself and i go out in the woods and, and enjoy something uh so just what can you do and how do you do it safely and and why would you do it by yourself um and things like that because you know a lot of us bushcrafters are solo um bushcrafters and there's various reasons and a common one is i just can't find somebody who can go when i'm able to go Things like that. So, I mean, we've both had to do it. Coordinating um, time is one of the hardest things you can do for anything, not just bushcraft. And bushcraft being a hobby is even, well, I mean, to a lot of people it's a hobby, I should say. It's even harder to try and make the time and then make that time coordinate with other people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I thought it was a good subject, a good topic for us to discuss and go over. So, uh, yeah, uh, I know that you do some occasion by yourself as, as well as I do. And I know we, you know, we're acquainted with people who do a lot more solo stuff. Uh, so I think that's a good place to start. Uh, Not to interrupt there, Ben, is my fire radio coming in too loud? I still got that on kind of in the background as well. I don't hear it. But... All right. Too cool. As long as nobody can hear it, that's fine. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, no, I think it's a great topic and you're right. Going out by yourself, Generally, it's a little easier to coordinate the time, and it's great to just do a quick overnighter when you surprisingly have some time, uh, or if, like you said, the, the, you just can't meet up with anybody else, you can't make the plans work, you're going to be out there on your own anyway, which it does open some doors to you, it closes others, but it does open some doors to you because now you're dealing at your own skill level, if that makes any kind of sense. Uh, you know, it, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, it, it definitely does. I kind of agree with you. When, when you have someone else with you, even if neither of you have a high skill level, that comfort and, and ability to, to converse and work together can kind of help bridge you past that gap. But when you do it by yourself, the onus is on you to, to sort of know what you're doing and be comfortable. Uh, and that's, that's an important skill that not everyone has all the time. You know what I mean? Like it's something that you need to, to develop and work on. Um, I think we've said it in the past, like a tiny noise in the woods can be pretty terrifying when you're all by yourself. When you have someone there to look to and feel, you know, I'm okay, you know, Robert's here, then that helps. But when it's just you, what was that might seem a bit more intimidating. So there, there's definitely that. Um, and yeah, going out by yourself, just like you said, it kind of pushes you outside your own comfort zones as well. Um, I guess two things I'm thinking off here. One, you're only relying on your own skills, meaning you can go as far as you want to. Uh, you're not trying to keep up with somebody or pull somebody along with you. You know what I mean? So you have that going for you. But the other thing is you might be apt to try some stuff on your own that you might be embarrassed to do in a group. You know what I mean? Like maybe you will play with primitive fire a little bit more. Uh, once you get everything set up, you got some spare time. Like this is your reason for going out, but you know, you're not so good at it. You want to work on it. Uh, it's a great way to do that. Develop those skills. If you are a little timid around other people, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so I think we should talk a little bit first, uh, about safety because, one of the reasons we often kind of dissuade people from doing it is there is an element of safety that you miss out on 
when you're by yourself. You have no immediate backup. Um, and how do you deal with that? Well, first off, before you leave, let someone know where you're going and when you expect to be back. Um, hmm. That's generally always a really good means. And there are programs out there that you can avail to. I know there's apps. I, I, I haven't used them, but I know Search and Rescue mentioned one where you could plan your trip and you post it on this app and it will, uh, you kind of check out when you come out of it and it, you can put alert numbers. So if you don't check out at a time, it, it alerts people. Uh, so there's systems like that. But the good old fashioned one is to just tell your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your, your wife, you know, whatever. Um, or just a buddy, like I'm going here. I'll be back this time. If you don't hear from me at this time, you know, come up with a plan, set the plan out and then stick to the plan. Um, and it's funny enough, the safety thing, like it's really not that strange. Uh, when I used to work with natural resources, if we were going into the woods and we had nobody with us. We always radioed in going into the woods. This location should be out estimate, you know, usually add a few minutes, whatever, uh, should be out at this time. It, they'll usually give you like a half hour to hour window in there. And if you don't come out, they're going looking for you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, it's, it's the way it works, you know, like that, that's what you need to do. So if you're going to do solo and not that we recommend or don't recommend it, just take that time to, to a, let someone know you're going. The next thing is take your safety gear. Um, and by that, I mean a first aid kit. Um, take that extra precaution when you're in your two, so you, you may not need it. Um, so something you might risk by yourself or, or with a friend, you, you may want to think twice about it. Crossing rivers, make sure you're, you really think it through before you do it. Anything that might be risky, size it up because there's not someone there to catch you if you fall. There's not someone there to bandage you up. You have to do this yourself now, or you could be waiting four or five hours before someone shows up potentially or more, uh, depending on where you're going and when you, you're supposed to expecting you back. So, And the big thing is you don't have a buddy to go for help if it's bad. You're waiting yeah. until somebody comes looking for you. And Steve McDonald had a comment over here. Uh, went canoeing alone for a few went going canoeing alone for a few days, really had to think about possible scenarios, make sure I had the right items for the just in case scenario. And that's the thing. Like you are out there on your own. If something goes wrong, uh, it's up to you and yourself to rectify the situation or, you know, the other one is you're waiting however long it is that you told somebody to come looking for you. And if you go in on a Friday night, for instance, and you tell them you're not coming out until Sunday morning and you get hurt on said Friday night, Nobody's coming in for you until at least Monday. You know what I mean? Or Sunday evening. Yeah, for sure, right? Um, a lot of people are like, well, I have my cell phone. I'll just call for help. And that's great. Cell phones don't work everywhere. Cell phones die. Um, cell phones can get broken. I mean, they're, they're pretty durable, but they're not indestructible. So you go in the woods, you spend five, six hours walking back somewhere you fall down you smash your phone next thing you know it's not working uh now your communication system is gone and you have no way out now there are slightly more robust i think garment makes one uh spot is it spot and i was yeah. going to mention spot but seeing you brought it up that's a perfect thing for going on your own too you said there were some programs and stuff uh hmm. there is a gps device as ben said called spot and it just relays your waypoints away. And I think it has a man down or an SOS button. So if something goes wrong, you hit that and it broadcasts out an SOS to get people to come looking for you. There's an upgraded version of it that can let you text. Um, and I think the, the regular one actually has like preset texts, which might be in camp, safe and sound, uh, send help, need cookies. I don't know. Like there's set ones in there. <laughs> I wish it said need cookies. Funny enough, a buddy of mine actually had one of these. He was a helicopter pilot, and he used to carry it on the helicopter just to yeah. try one of these suckers out. So I should get in touch with him sometime and actually get his experience with one. Yeah. Um, I know uh, Old Bastard Outdoors, I believe he has one. A few people I've been with 
have had one. I'm not sure if, uh, yeah, there's a few people I've, I've camped with. There, probably someone online has had one. Uh, it's a great system if you're going to solo. Uh, definitely worth considering. The downside is there is a monthly subscription. Uh, and, of course, that isn't free. So if you're not using it a lot, it kind of feels like, but it's, it's, it's definitely a peace of mind. Uh, and especially considering some people's spouses are a little leery to let you go, it might mean the difference between going for a trip and not. I don't know what it says, but I'm pretty sure if I mentioned I was going to go camping, normally my wife was like, bye, see you when you get yeah. back. Don't let the door hit you <laughs> on the way out. I'm going to enjoy the weekend without you. A um, couple people in the comments here. Fish85 joined us for the first time in a while. Shout out to him and Chris Loveless join us as well as Steve and RM Shoots. Uh, mm. Welcome, gang. Thanks for joining us. I'll try and get to your comments there. Uh, Garmin and Reach is the way to go. And Steve Z Zo Zoeo. Hope I said that right. Z-O-L-E-O. Uh, is a good one as well. That's what Steve has allows texting without signal through satellite. Yeah, so that's pretty so, cool. I mean, there's great options out there, um, and it gives you a, a level of comfort. So just the ability to let someone know where you're to and what your condition is uh, really can help the situation, uh, especially if you are injured and you need someone to come get you. Uh, things can go from great to really bad really quickly if you're not careful. Um, and you know, it doesn't take a lot to, uh, injure yourself. Anyone who's watched shows like alone, uh, you know, what would be considered seasoned professionals make mistakes. You get tired, things happen, you know, uh, happened at Avenue, a way of calling out and getting help really does help. No, it's real easy to make mistakes. And just a slight story on the safety aspects and we're on it before we move on. Uh, it's as easy as this, and I've probably told this story in the past. We used to fly out to do PGIs, which is pellet group inventories, was out doing a thing. Uh, I was walking through some dense forest, you know, like really dense in front of you, but you have to do a straight line. So anyways, head down, pushing through it, came to a little drop-off. Didn't notice, dropped down, fell, I actually cut my wrist. If anybody actually knows me, I have a scar that runs about right there. Uh, you might be able to see it there. Maybe not. doesn't matter. Anyway, there's a scar on my wrist. Uh, didn't hit anything important, but the reality is it could have been that easy to hit something important. You know what I mean? And I was way out in the middle of nowhere. My only lifeline to come back and get me was helicopter. Uh, and my radio wasn't working that good. So, you know, real bad situation or could have been a real bad situation, real easy if it had just been a, you know, centimeter in one direction or the other, but it just happens that quick. You know what I mean? I should have been looking a little further ahead. I should have been paying more attention. This goes with the sa uh, safety too, especially if you get into thick woods and stuff like that. Really be sure what's under your feet or what's not under your feet in my case. Um, yeah, I guess that's my little story and two cents on safety on that. Uh, so, Irma shoots, you really have to get lost a few times to gain the skills to prevent it. A good friend of mine has taught me so much about finding your way around in the bush. And you know what? There is a little truth to that. Um, getting lost, one, how should I say this? After it happens a couple times, and maybe not lost, but just not exactly knowing where you're at. Um, after two or three times, and most people that have been into bushcraft, they've gone out. And they may say, no, I've never been lost. But there's definitely been that moment when you're like, hmm, where exactly am I? You know what I mean? After that happens two or three times, the initial panic goes away and it's a lot easier to have collected thoughts. Is that true, Ben? Would you say that? Uh, I, I I found it to be. Uh, the first couple of times I ever got lost, I was young. Um, and I can remember clearly. Like, it was a very much, what the hell am I going to do? Mom and dad are going to be so mad. Uh since then, I've done a lot of time in the woods, and my father picked at me a lot for getting lost. Like he, he, he definitely made me feel bad about it, uh, to the point where I always paid a lot more attention where I was going because I didn't want to go through that again. <laughs> and that's the other thing that comes from it is you develop kind of a a second skill of knowing or paying attention. So you can backtrack easier. I found that's what I what really developed in me. 
uh, from wandering around the woods. I really could pay attention to how I was getting somewhere and how I could transverse that back. You know what I mean? You start picking out real good uh, waypoints, uh, waymarks, things that they just make sense to you. They may not make sense to anyone else. Like me, it's like, oh yeah, I'm walking at the tree that has four forks in it. That's odd for that kind of tree. You know, weird things that relate to me, but it's a landmark for you to be able to work your way back. Yeah. No, and and it's interesting. It's even to a point now where a lot of times it's very subconscious for me, which has allowed me to disconnect mentally while I'm doing like a hike or something long distance where I can sort of be thinking about something totally different, just going through things in my mind and my body just goes through the trail that I've never been on before. And in coming back, I'm able to remember it and, and follow it because I split sort of my thought process there a bit. And that, that works out quite well. And yeah, a couple of comments from the side here. Chris Loveless, what's the general consensus on soloing camping right now? If I take my dog with me, is that still solo camping? She protects me from bears and wolves. I always say I'm going solo camping, but she's with me. I think if you take a pet, that's still solo camping. Because, I mean, yeah. truthfully, you're yeah. taking care of the dog in a lot of uh, other ways as well. The dog is giving you protection, comfort, and companionship. But you still have to account for their well-being, their safety. It, it, it might actually be trickier than solo camping, in all honesty. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, I consider solo camping anything that involves a single person. A, a dog is is just another thing you're taking with you. They're they're great companionship. They're definitely they're great for comfort and. Uh, they're very enjoyable. I mean, I love taking my dog. My dog is, is like within feet of me right now. She, she just hangs out. And it's, it's just a pleasure to know she's there. But, you know, uh, they will tell you how to get home. Uh, I can tell you that right now. If you're lost in the woods with a dog, uh, every dog I've ever known, you look at it and say, let's go home. And they perk their head up and they just beeline it somewhere. Now, they've always brought me home. Sorry, phone rang. <laughs> so, what can I say? It works. It's, it's a function. It's you know. So that's a navigational device they don't tell you about in school, right? Well, they do. They definitely have a better sense of direction than we do, for the general, anyway. Um, Final Fantasy music again. Yes, RMS. That's that's me. Not many people pick up on that. Two people already. I've had this ringtone for four years, and in the last year. Four people now have picked up on what it actually is, and two of them are in my the, the chat here now. So that's kind of funny. Uh, just give me one sec to send a text here. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, so, from the comments again, RMS, uh, the two of them have gotten lost a good couple of times. Fun when you start recognizing that one tree and then it all clicks together. And that's exactly what we used to say, or what we said there. Uh, Dave, Real Big Monkey one I used to solo camp every weekend, but as I've gotten old as dirt, I'm a little more nervous about doing it. I'm nowhere near as healthy and agile as I used to be. Age matters. Uh, and that's true, too. When you're solo camping, you have to be very aware of your own limitations and abilities. Uh, and don't lie to yourself, either. Don't say, oh, yeah, I can definitely walk, do that 25-kilometer hike and then still be able to cut all my firewood and set up my tent and stuff like that. Like, once upon a time, maybe 10 years ago, I could do that. Now, nah, not so much. Be realistic with yourself. Uh, I'm just going to throw this out to Dave. If you want to go camping with me, just let me know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Okay, the other one, it was roundabout media, that's that's true. Uh, day, time to start going with a young companion to do all the dirty work and you can relax. And that's the other thing. As you get older and you develop the skills, it's definitely easy to pick up a protege or something like that that wants to learn the skills, and you can say you are teaching them when you are just harvesting their services. <laughs> I mean, it's a win-win. Everybody wins. But, uh... Yeah, so we did talk about some of the safety. Was there anything else you wanted to kind of hammer on the safety there, Ben, before we move on? Or No, uh, and I don't want to hang, hang around the safety too long, but I wanted to make sure we covered it before we get to it because there's plenty of good things about solo uh, bushcrafting, solo camping uh, to get into. So, you know, 
let's let's get into a bit of that because let's not be all down about it. Take a bit of time to be safe. Make sure people know where you're to. Make sure you have a way out. Yes, that's great. What can you do? Well, almost anything. Uh, and the beauty is no one's going to judge it. No. Nope. You're right. your own critic and judge, right? right? So you go out. If you want to do something foolish or if you want to try something a little bit different, you want to push your skills, nobody's looking at you over your shoulder and saying, you're doing that wrong or you should have done this or wouldn't you have done it that way? Like, Those are triggers for me. I hate it when people question everything I do. So when you're by yourself, you do it. And if it doesn't work, you laugh at yourself and you just do something different. Like it's, you're free it's, to fail. You know what I mean? You're free to fail. And it, you know, that is such a freeing feeling. Uh, and in a world where oftentimes, you know, we are surrounded by people that are quick to question everything we say or do, uh, you know, it's try posting anything on social media and see how long it takes someone to question you what you do. <laughs> no, it's very true. And everybody has an opinion and that's, that is kind of one of the benefits and downsides to group camping. There is a whole bunch of opinions, but there's also a whole bunch of opinions. You know what I mean? Uh, Fish 85, free to fail story of my life. I know, right? But it's true. Failing is not failing. Failing is simply learning how something doesn't work or yeah. learning some the incorrect way of doing something. Failure is not complete failure if you, unless you don't learn anything. And... Even in my best fails, like, and I've had some doozies in my life. I've always learned something. You know what I mean? Oh, oh I know, buddy. Few people have failed as good as me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all know the story. You know, thought the lake was flooding. I've had motorcycle accidents. Like, there's been a lot go wrong, but I've always learned from it. So, once again, being out there on your own, you're free to fail. Uh, don't gamble on the important things, but sometimes it's worth taking some risks on the, you know, not so important things. If you do have that lighter as a backup, try a different method of lighting a fire. If you do have that tent, maybe try making a shelter, a different design you're not used to. Like, you are free to fail and learn as you go along very easily. Yeah. And so, so definitely that. Here's the other thing is there's just something relaxing about getting out there by yourself and wandering around. This is the time where you can kind of let your mind wander and center yourself. There's something trying to break into my house. <laughs> is it the chickens? <laughs> no, I think someone's cleaning upstairs, but they're doing it vigorously. <laughs> well, that's fair. Um, oh man, lost my train of thought. What did we just say? So it's the freedom, like when you're getting going out, like oftentimes what I'll do is I'll go for a, a solo hike. That's the easiest thing for me to do. I get four or five free hours. I'll grab a quick pack, nothing elaborate, you know, knife, first aid kit, maybe a drink, small snack, um, bare minimum stuff, and maybe a piece of kit I want to practice with. Maybe I want to try some different tarp layouts or something. I'll toss that in, whatever I want to do. And I go. You don't have to have two set of a destination, just a general area. Uh, I always let someone know I'm going to this hiking trail or that. You know, does that mean they're going to find me in a second? Probably not, because I'm going to take the left turn and the right turn and, you know, wander a bit. But at least they know the, the general grid squares I'll be near. Um, Big one I do is I jump on the ATV. I'll yeah. jump on the ATV, take a few pieces of gear, go out, have a cook up, make a cup of tea, maybe take a tent that I haven't set up in a while and let it air out hammocks see what i can do there tarp layouts much like you said like that's all still solo adventuring in my eyes in all honesty yeah um and it gives you the chance to do those things like you said for, with a completely clear and free mind uh if i go with you for instance we're going to chat we're going to discuss things you know it's still going to be an awesome trip but maybe i won't try as many things as i would have before because we're going to take some of our time you know, that conversation, that relationship. And it, the the beauty and the flaw in that is sometimes we need that alone time. Sometimes we need that time to, to center ourselves and think about things where when there's someone else around, you've put some of that energy towards them and vice versa. That takes away from that. So getting out there by yourself definitely helps with that. Um, um, we're, and, you, oh, sorry. and you get a bit more time. That's all I was going to say. 
No, uh, I completely agree with you. You do have a lot more time to yourself. Uh, you tend to do things a lot more fluid on your own. You know what I mean? Like you can drift from one project to another because you know your own schedule and how it's going to flow out. You're not really trying to work with somebody else on their schedule and making them coexist, much like trying to plan the trip. Um, the only other thing I was going to say was word of warning, and it's not really a word of warning. Don't get discouraged by this. Just be prepared for this. If you've never done a solo by yourself and you get out there into some really quiet woods, if you've never heard the saying, the silence was deafening, the first time I really experienced that out in the woods, it is, I don't want to say unnerving, it's an experience because you don't really understand the meaning of that until you've experienced the meaning of that. Do you know what I mean, Ben, or am I just talking crazy here? No, no, I know what you mean. Uh, when you're you're by yourself, it's it can be overwhelming the first few times. I think you're, you grow used to it. You crave it after a while. Oh, yeah. And it, it, that's what I mean. Don't be discouraged by it. Just be prepared for it. Um, and Fish85 has to take off. Have a good night, man. Uh, we'll catch you on the next one, buddy. But, yeah, the, the first time I experienced that, the silence being deafening, I can remember I was laying in a tent. I was tent camping at this point. I was out in the woods, not terribly far from home, maybe two, three kilometers uh and i was just laying there at night and i was trying to go to sleep and i'm like why can't i sleep and it was literally because the absolute lack of all noise i wasn't around a river there wasn't a breath of wind um it was in the fall so there was no leaves to rustle it was just dead still dead quiet and any noise you did hear you couldn't figure out where it was coming from like you got a direction but was it five feet or 500 feet you know what i mean was it a squirrel or was it a sasquatch it's it's so almost unnerving but then like ben said after a while you crave that it's so peaceful is the other side of that once you learn to accept it and you're not going crazy by it it's so peaceful it's so calming it's so relaxing well i mean it's probably on par with the sensory deprivation chamber like you know where you go in they they set a set temperature to turn off all light all sound and it's just People can't take it. Like, they lose track of time. They start to wonder if they've been in there for minutes or days. Just give me one uh, sec there, Ben. All right. Sorry, it was just a follow-up on that fire call. Uh, what was that, buddy? So it's sort of like a sensory deprivation chamber. Like, after a point, you kind of, like, you question, has it been minutes, days? Like, I really don't know. Uh, and it does take some getting used to, for sure. But it, it is is definitely interesting to do. And I, I think everyone should try that once, once in their life, at least uh, to be completely alone, not have the hum of machinery and cars and the whistling and wind in their head. Just, just get away from it all. It is uh, so awesome. Uh, and terrifying to be left with your own thoughts, depending on what you're thinking about me. I'm crazy as a bag of hammers. So my mind starts to wander in interesting places, but I like it. That's the difference. I like it. I like it in my head. I just don't think anyone else would. <laughs> Definitely not. But no, uh, we talked about some safety, some goods, some some pros, some cons. Uh, what else would you like to talk about on this one, Ben? So, someone asked, like, what were the activities you can do? And and I we started off with well, pretty well anything. Um, it is your time, and that's what you want to get into your head. Like this is when you do that, it's your time. Choose an item, choose a thought, and say, this is what I'm going to concentrate on. I'm going to concentrate on my knife carving skills, my fire building skills, my tarp skills, my, you know, tool making, uh, rock identification, tree identification, animal identification, my photography, my GPS skills, my map and compass, um, you know, cooking what foods can i cook you know it's a really good one for a day trip especially if you're planning a long trip and you have like five or six days of meals to come up with do a bunch of day trips and take a meal for each one and make it that you're planning and taking on your long trip and that way you'll kind of know what works and what doesn't what tools you're going to need how much energy is it going to take to cook this is it feasible is it going to take 
too many dishes, for instance, or if, are you going to be able to control the flame to make what you want? You'd be surprised what you can make. There's really no limit, but it does take some thought and some skill. And uh, I mean, I've seen a guy make an awesome oven out of a few rocks one mm -hmm. time. Built I've seen a guy oven. bring an awesome oven rods too. I know that guy. <laughs> but no, yeah. like like you said, Ben, I don't think there's anything you can't do on your own. You just have to get a little more creative on it. One of the, Talking about food, one of the big things I like to do when I'm camping on my own, I do soul food. You know what I mean? I bring some great comfort foods, things that I probably wouldn't bring in a group. Uh, for no other reason than I like to sit there, enjoy the meal, and just watch the surroundings. Uh, I'm a big watcher. My, <laughs> let me reiterate, growing up where we lived in the country, one of the pastimes or favorite activities of the people I grew up with was you just literally drank a cup of tea while staring out a window. And if everybody must remember their grandparents, uh, I guess from our generation plus, must remember their fathers and grandfathers, always, and I can remember both of them, literally leaning on the counter above the sink, sipping a cup of tea, just staring out the window, staring at nature, just watching what was going on around them. You know what I mean? And I still love to do that when I'm out in the woods by myself. I will do whatever my activities are. I'll practice my skills, do this, do that, get ready for the night, and then just make a nice big soul food kind of supper with a big hot cup of tea and just slowly eat my meal, sip my tea, and just watch nature happen around me. I love that. Yeah. Um, it's funny you say that because this, this evening I went, my kids come home. I'm working from home right now. So my kids came home and I went upstairs to uh, to check on them and stuff. Got a drink and I'm looking out the, the kitchen window in the backyard and there's four birds out there that I don't own. <laughs> Wandering around the backyard and I noticed there's like a male and a female and the male's going around. He's picking at all the leaves and mostly the grass and he'll pick something up and all of a sudden a female will run over and she'd take it from him. And a couple of times the male got fairly far away and picked something up and he'd run over and he'd meet her and he'd feed it to her. Like he was feeding the female. She stood there and did very little while he ran around picking up all the food, which I thought was really interesting. You can read into that whatever you want. <laughs> but I mean, that's the stuff you don't see unless you're actually watching. You know what I mean? Like people would just see that, they'd shrug it off and move on about their day. There's something about taking the second to really appreciate what's going on around you. That just becomes very relaxing in my mind. Oh, yeah. Um, and there's so much on the go. Like, we, we forget how vast the world is. And we get stuck sometimes in the, the macros, is it? That we forget the micros, the, the small things. Or is, it, or is it the other one? Yeah. Nope, you're right. You So, years ago, I did a tracking tracking course and one of the things they did is they took a pie plate and they cut a one inch square in the pie plate and you toss it across the field wherever it lands you go and you study that one square inch and you think well that's going to take a long time like it's a single square inch that single square inch has so much going on in it it's absolutely terrifying well that's the thing when you Take the time to broaden your scope or narrow your scope, whichever way you want to look at this, to accept that there's so much more going on around you than yourself. It really puts everything into perspective about how, as an individual, um, how small or how, how small we are in the scope of things and how big the world is in our scope of our own individuality. Yeah, for sure. Didn't mean um, to get all philosophical on you, but... <laughs> But when else do you get a chance to really do that, to sit back and take it all in? And by it all in, I mean listening to every bird, watching the leaves and how they move in the wind and watching like in the distance and seeing how the how the wind is is a constantly changing and moving thing by watching the leaves and stuff of the trees and how they bow and bend. Listening to the water and just taking a look and seeing how the water has changed the landscape watching what's coming down the stream. Uh, there's so much you can do in those few free moments that there's nothing to distract you from it. Uh, 
And when you're doing that, that's the time you pick up the extra skills. You know, that's the time when you just whittle something neat. You get that inspiration to try something you wouldn't have before. No, I completely agree with you. And it's kind of a, it's kind of a thought on this, but this topic just kind of sparked another thought. So a slight side tangent, but slightly along the same rails here is I was reading a study once that um, everybody always says the older you get, the faster time goes. Going to the woods is a good way to slow time down. And the whole idea behind this is, or the whole idea behind the older you get, the faster time goes, is because you start going on autopilot for a lot of your stuff. If you remember as a kid, every day was exciting. You learned so much new stuff. The day seemed so long. So much was going on around you. It was all new, 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 new. You were learning, 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 learning. As you get older, you kind of flip into autopilot. Yeah, you might learn the odd thing, but you're just kind of breezing through the day. Everything just kind of runs itself, and the day's gone. And I hear this a lot with people I talk to. Oh, it seems like every year gets faster. And it probably does because you autopilot more and more and more every day. So getting out there into the woods, you get to flip that switch. You can't autopilot being out in the woods, especially if you're, well, I guess you can. But generally, we don't as bushcrafters. That's the time we actually take the time to focus up and watch what's going on around us, slow things down. Once again, bring us all back into perspective. You know what I mean? I feel like there's a movie that did a play on it. And there could be. I don't know. Like I said, just our last thought kind of brought that one back in. And like I said, it was a tangent, I know. But I think it was relevant to the conversation. Maybe it wasn't. But in the movie, a guy had a remote control and he gets fast forward to boring times and he went to all the exciting times. Oh, yeah. It was Click or something. It was an Adam Sandler movie, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. And, and yeah, and he realized around the end that he had fast forwarded all the good times by accident like long story short take the time to appreciate everything if you want to pull the most philosophical thing out of this conversation is appreciate every second and getting out in the woods it's an easy way to appreciate every second like ben said about the square inch there's so much going on there don't just dismiss it it's so great now mel's in here pull it over and say it a little louder Go ahead. I'm just wondering if it's because today's your birthday and you feel really old and you're just contemplating your end of days at this point. Now, see, th this is what I've been getting all day. <laughs> all day from all sides, bud. <laughs> what are you, 25 now? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> North side of 40, bud. <laughs> but anyway, it, it's true. I mean, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not old. Uh, but the older I get, the more I realize this. Thanks, Ram. Uh, but yeah, and it's just, there's my words of wisdom passing on to the, the younger crowd, the 20-year-olds, because I wish I had had this thought at that age to really have appreciated it. Hey, you want to feel real good. Poll the audience. Who's older, me or you? Oh, don't do this to me, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, yeah, uh, but, okay, let's go for it. Who listening here, because we do have five or six, uh, who do you think is older, Ben or me? The answer may surprise you. Uh, but while they think about that and giggle a little bit, we can move on a little bit. <laughs> that a boy, Chris, I knew you'd come in for. He's like, oh, I thought you were both 21. See, this is why I like Chris. Um, but yeah. It's definitely time to get out there. Do whatever you want, in all honesty. Do what you want. Just think of a good way to do it and enjoy it. Uh, you, There's literally nothing you can't do on your own. It just may take you a little longer. You may have to come up with creative ways of doing it. But there's not much you can't do individually. The thing is, when you do stuff by yourself, it gives you a self-confidence that you wouldn't get when you did it with someone else. It helps. And some people need that extra person just to give them the confidence to try uh, knowing that there's a backup. But when you do it yourself, you're going to gain a self-confidence that's going to help carry you through things later in life. Right. Um, it's something I've always appreciated is I was often expected to do a lot of stuff myself. I was expected that just to figure it out when you, when you're a kid, sometimes that's kind of frustrating. What do you mean? I have to figure it out. Well, like, here's your task, figure it out. 
But later in life, you really appreciate it because you meet people who never had to figure anything out in their lives. And it shows, right? Like, oh, so much, man. We've had rants about this around the campfire. Backcountry tripper. How's it going? And you know what? Everybody got it, Ben. They all say you're older, bud, by a lot. Like they're saying you're, you're at least two, three times my age. It's awesome. <laughs> no, they're not, but I had to make myself feel better. But they all did basically pick out that you were older. Uh, in person, it's, it's a little harder beard, to pick. Right? Yeah, I think so. I trimmed mine up, right? So I got rid of a lot of the gray. My, they, uh, they don't know you use grace and gray, and I've yet never dyed my hair, right? I'll be honest. Nope. Actually, there's, there's a little bit of a gap between Ben and I, but not as much as people would think, I don't think. Oh. <laughs> uh, NRM's going to be contrary and say that I'm older. Well, no, it is Ben, but... Ben is blissfully 37 again. <laughs> blissfully 37 again? <laughs> Busted. Uh, but no. So we talked about what you can do. We talked about safety, some pros, cons. Uh, we're at about 40 minutes. So what should we do to close out on this, Ben? What's going to be our last 10, 15 minute rant here? I'm just going to say you're more mature than me, buddy. Not at all. And I think that's, <laughs> you know what? Let's Let's think about this are any bushcrafters actually mature like you even the scruffy old cranky guys you know the classic of woodsmen from the pitchers if you get those guys alone and get them laughing they're going to do the most childish things you can think of and i think that's the beauty of it especially when you're out in the woods by yourself i talk to myself straight up i even admit it i talk to myself i answer myself i'll talk to animals like whatever i had a great conversation with a groundhog that i have eating my garage I'll go outside and I'll talk to him the fence. It's just what we do, right? So does that make you more mature or less mature? Because I know we all do it. Hey, yeah, I think we all do. I tell myself stories. I do talk occasionally to the animals. I'll say hi to them, stuff like that. How you doing? Uh, it's a little odd when they answer you, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want my feed, Ben. <laughs> Uh, but you know what? Talking to yourself, they do say that that shows uh, a lot. It's a, it's a problem-solving skill, and it's the way I use it a lot. I'll talk myself through solutions to things when I'm building traps or something. If uh, like the first time I did a figure four deadfall, I only seen pictures of it, much like yourself, and I talked my way through it. You know what I mean? Oh, that didn't work. That almost broke my finger. You know, <laughs> and you move on. But Yeah, and that's something, you know, a lot of the skills that a lot of us have seen, because unfortunately we oftentimes didn't have that mentor, that person to teach us uh, all the stuff, uh, simply because a lot of it just wasn't done by our friends and family. And unless you do it yourself, you really don't have that skill. Like you said a figure four, I've seen it a hundred times in a in a book, and it never made a hundred percent sense sense to me. Or it did while I looked at the image. As soon as I turned my head, it was gone. But then I built one with you, and it just clicked the first time I seen it. I was like, oh, that's what that meant. That's how that's supposed to be. Now I think I could do them in my sleep, and I've only done a few dozen. Like I know, but I got it, right? But that's the thing. You get to test it, talk your way through it, and it gives you those skills that you can carry on to the next thing. Now you got the basic, like the, the joining notch on that figure four, and the, the seven notch into a V notch, and all that good stuff. You can take that into other stuff once you've figured it out, and... If you're building a different trap, you can be like, oh, you know what would go good here? A V-notch or 7-notch. Uh, and you know what? It, it just keeps going down. So a couple things from the, the comments here, just because uh, I know Mark Monroe for once, he's only can stay for a couple seconds, so he I'll bring, I'll bring light to his comment. He said, hi, guys. My Wednesday evenings have been a bit busy, but I'm working on opening them up so I can come more regularly. I can only be on for a couple seconds tonight, but I just want to drop by and say hi. So first and foremost, hello, Mark. Thanks for joining the show. Sorry you couldn't stay a little longer, but we do look forward to getting you on here another time. Backcountry Tripper, three out of five voices say I'm sane, so majority wins. I love that, and I agree with it 100%. Uh, Chris Loveless, I still can't figure out how to tie the hammock straps. I just eventually stopped taking the hammock. And you know what? Maybe that's to the point where you should just ask somebody to give you... You know what? We have a tutorial. We Go did. check out the Nova Scotia Bushcraft uh, YouTube channel. 
not the Nova Scotia Bushcraft, the Atlantic Bushcraft Adventures. Sorry, I got two pages open here. Check out the Atlantic Bushcraft Adventures YouTube channel under hammock setup. And Ben does a great tutorial where we walk through a new hammock that I had and we set it up start to finish. It should show you what you need. Um, I guess, because I think you mentioned, I didn't catch our last couple of shows, unfortunately. But I think you did mention that there is some changes coming with me. Yeah, and seeing you're on here. Good time to chat about where there's two of us, because I did talk about it two shows ago when it was just myself, but I was very vague. <laughs> a lot of stuff, to be honest, because I wanted you to be on the show to say what you wanted to say about it, and more than me just riddle off assumptions. So some of the people that are, that know us a bit better, who talk to us more frequently, probably know what's going on. Other people, uh, I'm probably somewhat limited in what I can fully say but the fact is i will be leaving the province uh and that's often for at times the first question people ask is what does that mean for atlantic bushcraft adventures and uh as far as me and robert are concerned we are going to do our best to continue um unfortunately it does mean we won't be both in the atlantic provinces anymore i will actually be in a pacific province in the future uh there's still a few months before that fully transitions um and some people said does that change the title and i don't think right away that Not is right away because you're still atlantic at heart yeah still <laughs> atlantic at heart i was still born in the atlantic i still spent most of my life in the atlantic provinces and i doubt that i will ever catch up on the pacific side and say I've spent as much time in the Pacific side as I did the Atlantic side. Simply because I don't know if I want to live that long because you guys have just pointed out that I am ancient. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nothing like the internet for a confidence boost. Um, um, one of the things you folks may see, uh, and we've chatted about this just very loosely, we may do the podcast a little later. Uh, it just works out a little better for Ben because he'll be in a different time zone to me. And frankly, it doesn't matter to me putting it off one more hour. That might be a little inconvenient to some of our local listeners. However, if you're some of our overseas listeners, that may open up some doors for you. Yeah. Um, so other than that, we will still still load the podcast up the same as we always did. Uh, we will have most of the avenue... It may mean that we're going to get some uh, West Coast content. So some locations and stuff. And we can talk about stuff that's more coast to coast. Uh, missing a lot of the center. I'm sorry. You know. I, I've heard people say Ontario is Eastern Canada. And I disagree wholeheartedly. It's Central. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of with Ontario being Central Canada too. But to be fair, there's a lot of people that think Canada basically ends around Quebec. New Brunswick sometimes, and then Nova Scotia's just kind of forgotten about. We're the red-headed stepchild on the east there. Oh, what's Nova Scotia? What's uh, Newfoundland and PEI? Well, it's a little bigger, right? It, it's off. <laughs> most people don't forget about that. It's just little old Nova Scotia gets overlooked sometimes. PEI's forgotten all the Oh, PEI is gone. That That's not even a province in some people's eyes. That's just an island. That's, uh, you know, it's it's definitely an offshoot of a different province. Right you know what they say, West Coast, Best Coast. <laughs> who, who said that? That's Backcountry Tripper. But, uh, no, it, it's we're definitely going to continue going forward with the podcast. We may tweak the times. I think the content, uh, our get-togethers will obviously not be as common. However, there's still going to be times when we'll meet up. Uh, and we'll try and get some content in there as well, but it just won't be as frequent. Uh, but I don't think... Our, the actual podcast, once we get on and broadcasting, are going to change a whole lot. Because regardless of where we're at, our rants are going to be the same. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I do hope to get back, at least for a few weeks every year. I still will maintain some property in this coast, so I, I do want to visit that. And uh, hopefully Robert will come out and visit, and that will be where we can meet up here. And maybe if we try hard enough, we can convince Robert to come out and visit me because, you know, I think he needs to climb one of those mountains with me. You know what? It's a tempting offer, and it may not be 
as unachievable as I would think. I might be able to, like, hmm. I got some ideas, and we'll talk off the podcast. There is a direct flight from Halifax to uh, to Vancouver, by the way. So RMS says it's definitely going to be a longer motorcycle trip to meet up. <laughs> It'll be a little bit. 20 yeah. hours or more. Especially considering I sold my motorcycles. Well, I got a pedal bike. It's pretty. It's pink. It's a training one. It's my daughter's, however. It's the only pedal bike we have. <laughs> I, I'm actually planning on buying one when I'm in BC. So, a pedal bike, that is, not a motorcycle. Well, get one of those motorized uh, motors that go on the pedal bike. Then you get the best of both worlds. Actually, I have one in the garage. Very good. You're welcome to BC. I think uh, you'll love it. So, backcountry trippers from BC. So, you may have a new friend out there, depending well, on location maybe we'll meet and up, stuff. Backcountry. I'm running out of buddies on this side. I pissed them all off by offering to move. <laughs> They're all just okay. so we'll sad wrap up body. here, I think. Yeah, because we're starting a tangent out there. But yeah, there, there's a better way to uh, address the whole things are changing. As Ben said, it's going to be a little while yet. There's still some transitioning time here. But worst case, it's going to be a little later in the evening. Uh, a few less get-togethers on our end, but that is what it is. But our content will still remain the same. We'll still have a little chat through the day, talk about what we're going to talk about, and just do our podcast and lay it out like we normally do. So in the meantime, get out there, have fun, try some solo adventures, try some small day hikes, maybe do an overnighter, uh, but be safe, let people know where you're going, and let us know how it goes. Yep. As Ben said, definitely keep safety in mind, but have some fun, push your boundaries, uh, do something you're not comfortable with as long as it's safe, maybe you know, try a new skill, develop a new skill, bring up an old skill you haven't tried before. Or haven't tried in a long time, more specifically. And let us know. We love to hear stories. And uh, at some point, we're going to have a story episode coming up here. Uh, and we'll talk about that right after this, Ben. Yeah. Night off. Night, everybody.